Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Ah, well, here we are. Here we are. And here you guys are. Welcome back. (laughs) Oh, last week, we want to recap real quick. We talked through some of the inevitable relationship struggles, and we got through four last week. We did pretty well for ourselves, I'd say. We got through, the first is getting bored in your relationship. The two is not actually listening to your partner. The three, the three, the third is experiencing doubts about your relationship. And the fourth one we got to was you're just too dang busy or you're just finding yourself spending less time apart. So if you haven't had the chance to listen to last week's episode, you might want to click pause and go back and do that. So this one makes a little bit more sense in context, but today we're going to get through even more of these inevitable relationship problems that if you haven't experienced yet, you're bound to soon. But first, we're going to do our review shout out. Today's is from Kel Gill, and she says, I have gained so much from this powerhouse couple. First, I love how real and vulnerable these two are. Each week is a new topic, but I always feel like it's relevant to me in my life. Thanks for all your guidance on life. Thanks, Kel Gill, for the shout out. Love it. And thank you all. If you want to leave us a review, head over and leave us one. It just helps us reach more people, and we would greatly appreciate it. And you'd be our new BFFs. You sure would. All right. So let's get into it, Meg, if we shall. Think we shall, <laughs> or if we can, I don't, I don't know if we shall. <laughs> Whatever, let's Whatever. <laughs> let's jump into this. So right off the top is a big one today, and it's the disagreeing on money. Ooh, that is a big one. We tend to hear a lot of people be like, "Yeah, I'm the spender, he's the saver, or vice versa," and I think that's probably pretty true in a lot of relationships. Although it certainly doesn't have to be. Yeah, or even worse than being like the spender and the saver is like if you're both spenders, because then you're going to find yourself in a real tough spot when you're constantly spending without any of you really having an idea of what's going on in your bank account. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like even if you do have the same exact philosophy, there are still going to be disagreements when the bills come in or when it's time to decide how to spend your money and how to delegate it. So... The funny thing is that I feel like, at least for us, we've kind of almost flip-flopped our roles in money. I feel like I was way more a saver back in the day, and you were very much more the spender. And now it's almost kind of rotated and flipped on its side, I think. Is that, do, you th- do you agree with that? I don't know. I feel like for me, like for myself, like I have trouble spending money on myself, and I've been fighting through some limited money mindset, which we won't go into today. Maybe that's a future <laughs> episode. But I, yeah, I guess I am more cautious with it. Because the reality is, I mean, money is a needed resource like that we all need. I'd argue that other than love, you know, it's probably a need that we all need the most. And most people don't like to talk about it. And so that's why a lot of times it's not brought up in relationships. But the issue is if you're not talking about it and it's constantly being a struggle week after week, paycheck to paycheck, it's going to cause problems in your relationship and have that ripple effect. Yeah. And I think a lot of it just comes down to like, do you have the same comfort level between the two of you as to where your money's going and how it's flowing? And just, do you believe the same things? Like we were having an interesting conversation just yesterday about money where we were talking about how you might not even have the same exact idea 
about what it means to be able to afford something like for you affording might be that you're able to pay it most months and you know, you're not going to like have a whole bunch of extra money or anything, but you can technically kind of pay the bill. And for somebody else affording, it might be, you don't even blink when you pay it. It's not even on your radar because that to you is what having that funds to have that item is. Right. And and the the reality is, I mean, if you think about money and you think about who's in control of it and you both should be, you know, aware of it, even if one of you controls it more than the other. But when you think about money, it's kind of weird because you, you don't want to talk about it and it can cause like resentment either way. Because if you don't understand the money issue, then those shopping trips that are becoming stressful for your partner, like you're like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like we're, we're fine. Like why, why are you doing this? But then if your partner doesn't feel comfortable talking to you about money, then they're on the other side feeling the same level of resentment because you're so clueless and you're out there spending money that you don't have. And you're both like stressed and anxious and worried about this dang thing, but neither one of you are willing to open your mouths to actually discuss it. Right. And that's a great point because I really do feel like there should be a very clear direction on how money is going to be handled between the two of you. Like even down to what amount should be discussed before you spend it. Every couple is going to have a different comfort level when it comes to that. For some couples, you might discuss every purchase you make and other couples might not need to know about it if it's, you know, under 500 or under 3000. I don't know. It depends probably a lot on your income, but there's going to be a level at which you should probably have a conversation before you just go spend money unilaterally. Yeah, and if the, and and one of the things we did, which I would encourage y'all to do if you haven't yet, and even if you have, it takes regular like checkups on this thing. But creating a budget and then like really tracking what's going in and coming out of your account. Because we sat there for years just being like, where the heck is all of our money? Like we seem to be earning more money, we seem to be doing okay. Yeah, where's our money every month? And it's like, it's amazing on the little purchases throughout, like where that money can go. And if you're not tracking it and you don't know where it is, chances are when you go looking for it, it's not going to be there. And if you're anything like we were, um, it's all to food. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we have a we have a bad habit of, of going out to eat. <laughs> but, but, but like I said before, I mean, both people just need an understanding of what's going on. Both people need to take part in the discussion. And certainly, even if it's not on minimal purchases, like Meg said, on the bigger issues, the bigger things, buying a house, saving for retirement, where you're going to send your kids to school, whatever it ends up being, you need to have an understanding of what's going on so that you don't dig yourself a hole later. I mean, heaven forbid something happens to your partner and you have no clue what's going on. Like you don't want to be in that place. We don't want you to be in that place. So just make sure you're having that dang conversation. And I know it's not sexy, but it's necessary. Yeah. And the other thing, two things I just wanted to add real quick to this is just deciding on who pays what bills. That way everyone's aware and you're not just sticking somebody else with all the responsibility of that because that can be a big hard thing to tackle by yourself and to be the one fully responsible and like Brandon was saying earlier that can be a source of anxiety if you're the only one who has a clue so by splitting up the bills deciding who's going to pay what and when and how I think that will really kind of spread the knowledge and spread the responsibility to make it work for both of you and then also just having the discussion on, do you guys each have some play money? Do you have separate accounts or the same accounts? If you have the same account, is there a certain designated amount of money that's going to be play money for each of you and how that's all going to work out or what your boundaries are for money there? Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and the bottom line is this, much like everything else, it has to be done together. And if it's not done together or if it's ignored, it's going to cause drama. I promise. 
So with that in mind, we'll move on to the next. And oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) The extended family issues. So just to be clear on what this is, this is anyone outside of your immediate, you know, family unit. So between me and Meg and our kids, anyone outside of that, and oh gosh, I mean, I say oh boy, because even though we have like a great relationship with our extended family, I mean, we do. Yeah, I, I can't even, I can't say a, a thing wrong about that. Uh, but families, they tend to cause drama. I mean, whether they mean to or not, you're being pulled in a million different directions. And a lot of times other people's priorities, they want to put into your life as their priority. And that might not mesh with what your family's trying to do in that moment. And it will cause drama. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of think of this as like a holiday issue, but it's not just a, you know, whose house are we going to for Christmas kind of a deal. This can happen all year long and it and it does tend to. And it's not always like this big, huge argument. It's just like maybe one or more, maybe one person feels like they're always kind of bending to the other person's family and it's causing some issues there, but they're not going to say that because it's their family and that other person might feel attacked if you're talking about the family, but really kind of having that awareness of each other and how you're spending your time and how those conversations about that are going and just being really sensitive to that. Do you ever find too, I I mean, I know we've become aware of this, but do you ever find too that you act differently like with your family, like the family you came from, like when you're around them and I've heard this from other people too, but like you kind of revert back to your old self you're like, oh yeah, this is the Brandon they expect. So this is the Brandon I'll be. And you know, maybe you don't want to like talk about your dreams or talk about things that make like people uncomfortable. So you just kind of revert back to your old habits or you just revert back to a behavior. I mean, I can totally see where you're coming from, except for in like our case, I feel like we have some pretty big support. So those are the people that I would tend to even talk to about that in general. So I, for me at least, I wouldn't shy away from like talking to my mom, for instance, about it because she's pretty much my number one fan. So I don't feel like in that, but I'm sure in other regards, like letting my mom baby me, for instance, I'm totally here for it. And she knows that and she's always going to be stepping up to do that because she loves it and I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that what, what caused a lot of issues for us, I think what caused a lot of issues for other people too, is, you know, you have to, you do have to be flexible. But like you said, it's like if you're bending completely for one person of your family all the time, or you're getting that late night phone call from your sister all the time, not you, but like in particular, or like, you know, there's just different ways that you're getting pulled. I mean, I caution, you do need to be flexible. You do need to be like able to bend for your partner, but then also give that permission in return to do that when it comes up. A lot of times we see where it's a one-way street for couples like, oh, well, their family is more important and your family, you know, doesn't so much matter because it's not my family. It's not what I care about, but you need to make these decisions together because if you don't make the decisions together, if you don't have the conversation, it's going to cause issues because the reality is your routine will get broken up. Things will have to be different. People being in your space, even like we live in North Carolina and most of our family lives in Michigan. So people coming and being in our space, even though we love them being here, it's a change to our element. It's a change to our environment. And so we have to like talk about that beforehand, prepare for that and make sure that it's not causing added drama because the reality is more people in your space, the more stress there could be if you let that happen. And if you don't have a conversation about it and you let that stuff creep in, it's going to be a bigger issue than it needs to be. So we just want you to have that discussion if family is becoming a drama or pain point for you. Because it's it's got a, it's a fluid situation, right? You just got to be able to roll with the punches, get through it, and remember, 
that your partner and your family, the family you've built together, they come first. I know that's tough to hear. I know people don't want to hear it. I know they're like, but you don't know and you don't know this and you don't know that. But I do know is you and your partner, your family, they come first. I'm sorry. And it really did take us a lot of years to kind of remember that for ourselves even. So it's not like this was an easy lesson for us and it's not like we had this figured out forever. We did take a long time to finally come to terms with like, we're going to need to do what's best for the four of us and not necessarily what's convenient or easy or best for everyone else, even though it's not always a popular opinion. <laughs> right. And and one one practical step here too, just I want to touch on this, is if you know events are coming up, if there's holidays coming up, if there's birthday party coming up, if your family does a family trip every year, whatever, if you know those things are coming up, have that discussion long in advance of when it comes up. I know things come up right away, but if you know something's coming, plan for it, have that discussion have your escape route maybe if it's something that you need to, you know, have a safe word to get out of. But make sure you have that discussion because if you don't, it's just it's just going to be a problem and we don't want that to be for you. And listen, when you do have these discussions and you're both kind of aware and on the same page, then you actually end up enjoying your time with your extended family way more. Like we have totally and completely been able to just feel really in the moment with our extended family and just have really really fun times with them because we are like kind of together on this. We know what the other expects. We're not resentful of the other person's family time or anything like that. We've just really come to enjoy it and appreciate it. Okay. You ready for the biggest 180 ever in conversation? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go now from the extended family to the next major struggle that you could have and probably will at some point, that dreaded drive spell. Oh, snap. Yeah. I mean, guys, life is hard and it's stressful. And many times it can cause your mind to just push away the idea of any bedroom activities, any extracurriculars. Right. I mean, we're guilty of this a lot. I'll just be honest. But the whole week we'll find that it's gone by and we haven't even hugged or kissed. And certainly sex was nowhere to be found. It wasn't even a thing that either one of us wanted to bring up. But you got to be conscious of how your partner is and where their needs are and then discuss that openly. And I get like it's not like a real great conversation to have. But listen, you're both adults. You should be able to talk about your sex life. Sex is an a important pillar of your married life. So if you're not talking about it, you need to make sure that you are comfortable with it. I know for us, I mean, if I can be completely real with y'all, we just have that mismatched libido. Like we've matched the stereotype, I would say, like, I just want it more and, and Meg's happy with it, you know, once a month, but you know, (laughs) 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 but yeah, I mean, like the thing is like, until we talked about it, like you don't want resentment to be in, in a place that should be a great thing to add like strength to your relationship. You don't want resentment and things and beliefs to be there and You just need to be honest with each other. And it's give and take. I mean, honestly, like not only in the moment, but also just in overall. I mean, it truly is. If one of you is, if we're talking about mismatched libidos here, then if one of you is way more willing to and able to than the other, then I think that you kind of got to almost go with the flow on this too a little bit, you know, like. Right. And it might not even be, as we're talking about it, it might not even be a mismatched libido. It, it could just be the thing we're talking about, a simple lack of time or a lack of space to make it happen. Yes. I, I used to hear this stuff and I was like, okay, 
my gosh. Like when I was young, before kids, you know, <laughs> young, kids. young me, pre, pre-kids, <laughs> BC, before kids. No, no, BK, okay. sorry, BK. But yeah, I mean, when I was BK, I seriously didn't get when people would say they would schedule their sex life. They would schedule times to be intimate together. I was like, you've got to be crazy. Like who needs that? Like we're kids. We're, we're young and dumb and in love. Like we don't need that. Y'all, it works. Like if you find yourself in a place where it's not being prioritized, the only way you can really make it a priority, maybe you do need to put it on the calendar as ridiculous as that sounds. I don't know for you what it is, but if you need to put that on the calendar and stick to it, because it's so easy to not do it. It just is. I mean, if we can be real open about this, I'm not going to tell you the exact time and days that we do it because that's just icky. And you might be like, oh, yes, there they are having <laughs> sexual intercourse. <laughs> and I mean, it's not on our actual calendars, but it is in the calendar in our brain. And so we kind of have a good idea of how things will play out for us for the week. And of course, we could always make improvements. Of course, there's always going to be those spontaneous moments that you have to allow for. But by and large, I think we pretty much have have a schedule. Because at this stage in our life, that's what we personally need. Our kids are six and three. Listen, there there is not a whole lot of time for that if we're not making it a priority in our relationship. Yeah, and it might not be any of those things. It it could just be a bigger issue. It could just be that maybe you're just like not feeling it right now. Maybe you have like some health issues. Maybe there's other things or distractions that are pulling you away. Maybe you just don't feel like you want to with your partner. And that's a deeper issue than what we're even talking about. It goes well beyond just wanting it at different times or wanting it more than the other. And we've been there before where we've been in that place. And the thing that I would give you for that, if you find yourself in that place, is what are you doing to actually woo your partner, to actually pursue your partner? To actually like build that intimacy with them. Because if you're not doing anything and you're like, hey, baby, let's do it. Like who who wants that? No one. We all want to be pursued one way or the other. Absolutely. And so making sure that you're like bringing that passion back and actually doing things that will encourage your partner to tell your partner that you think they're sexy. Send them a quick text message. Write them a quick love note. Let them know that this is something you want. Like don't expect them to read your mind and be like, well, they should know. They should just know. No, they should know if you're telling them. And that's a different story if you're communicating it and you're not getting it back. And that's not something we're going into now, but you need to make sure that you're wooing your partner. And the most practical step I can give you is just mix things up. Y'all mix them up. If you go on the same date night every night, mix it up, not to be gross, but you do the same sexual thing every time. Maybe mix it up a little bit, you know, spice it up. Because those things, doing those little things can make a difference from it being just meh to amazing. Yeah. And we just wanted to point out that sometimes short-term dry spells are totally and completely normal. But if it's kind of going on long-term, if it feels a little bit like one of you is starting to have an issue with that just that amount of the dry spell, then something else is definitely going on. And you should really, really consider talking to each other and maybe even someone else about it. Right. And do you see the communicating your needs? You guys see that trend yet? Okay. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) About anything and everything all the time. (laughs) All right. On to the next. And that's jealousy. And this one is huge. It It could go in so many different ways. There's so many different ways that jealousy can present itself. When I first see jealousy there, I think about like, well, you're just, you're jealous of a, another man or another woman that's mm-hmm. like coming in your, your 
partner space. And that could be a case. It could be a coworker. It could be a friend. It could be something that makes you uncomfortable. It could be people on social media. Let's be real. Yeah. But it could be anything like that. But it goes beyond that too. I mean, I've heard so many people that are like jealous of their kids, especially men, y'all. Like you're jealous of your kids for pulling your wife's attention away and then she doesn't have any time for you. And listen, some of us, I mean, we all need that attention. But like I know there are people who are actually jealous of their own kids or they're jealous of a job or a, like something that's going on in their partner's life that's pulling them away. I mean, there's it just it can go so many different ways. Okay, and then I just wanted to interject here because I know that this is real for me. And I have worked a long time and very hard and I still struggle with it. But as a mother, being jealous of the role of a father. And I don't mean that my husband doesn't work hard as a daddy and as a man. I am I mean, Bran, you are an amazing man, an amazing father, an amazing husband. You're all of it. But dang it, sometimes it is so hard to remember that, you know, you're in it with me because my little disgusting mind is like, oh, well, you know, it's easier to be a dad because I'm the mom. And you know what that means? The kids are always glomming up on me. The kids need me 24-7. A butt needs to be wiped. That's mommy. Somebody gets hurt. That's mommy. Bedtime. That's mommy. Everything mommy, mommy, mommy all the time. And I feel like that was a really big thing. And like I said, it's not even over yet. I do sometimes feel like, dang it, dads have it so much better. And a lot of times too, it's just the mental load of a mother. Like not even just the physical demands on our bodies and our time, but also just that mental load. Like if you forget your child's lunch, who are they calling? They're calling mom. If you don't remember that it's, you know, bring your stuffed animal to school day, mommy's fault, not daddy's fault. Mommy's the one who should have done that. What about doctor's appointments? Oh, that's mom's decision. She needs to call and schedule that and make that happen. And she's, she's going to also be the one to take the kids and get the kids to and from everything else. So I feel like there's a lot of just mental burden on a mom that a lot of times I have to really, really be conscious of that I'm not starting to internally resent Brandon for because it's not fair. And actually a lot of it's just made up and I don't even really have the right to complain about it because as I said, I'm already aware that he's an amazing partner. That's right. And it's just communicating because we didn't figure that out. I mean, that did, that didn't just happen. Like where we like all of a sudden we're like had this epiphany that like, this is what's going on. But once we had that discussion and we talked about it and you were like, yeah, like I, you know, I feel like stressed or I feel like you're not pulling your weight. And then I'm like, well, I feel like you're giving the kids attention and I'm not being a priority. And that's a real thing, y'all. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, you gotta, you gotta look deep to know that that's it, but like that can really be there. And so like, if you're finding your kids to be a problem, like, like that they're being a wedge in between you and you need you need to take that time and prioritize. Give yourself the time and space to make the time between two of you happen. Now, if it's something where it's jealousy with a with a friend, a coworker, a partner, like on the surface level, maybe that's nothing. But like maybe it is. Maybe that's something you need to talk about. You need to understand that most of the time when you're feeling that jealousy, it's coming and it's stemming from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. There's something that's pulling that out of you. Maybe it was a past experience. Maybe it was the past, like how your parents raised you. Maybe it was their relationship. Maybe you're looking at your, you know, siblings relationships. Maybe it's just a past relationship you had where you got burned by somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does not necessarily mean that you're getting burned by your current partner. Right. But you need to look that in the face and understand what it is and unpack that because it's normal. It's totally normal to feel jealous from time to time in any of these circumstances and maybe in things we haven't even mentioned because it's a lot to to look at. 
but it's completely normal. But the goal again is to talk about it when it becomes a problem. And really you want to do that even before it comes a problem as I say that. And I think it is really wise to take an internal glance and kind of see what's going on with yourself. If you do start to even feel just a tinge of it, a tinge of that jealousy, explore that and see what might be really going on. And if that's something that needs to be talked about, or if it's something you need to work through for a few moments before you go to the other person with it. Yeah. You just want to be honest and vulnerable with how you're feeling because ultimately you want your relationship to be bound with trust and understanding. Amen, brother. Okay. And then another big one is feeling unappreciated. And I think that most of us have felt this way a time or two. Yeah. I think a lot of times you can just, you can, you can almost get to that place where you feel like ships in the night or you feel like you're just feeling disconnected or you just feel like no matter what you do, your partner doesn't seem to realize that you're doing it. Your partner doesn't seem to realize what you're bringing to the table. Like it's like they're they're taking you for granted. That's the best way I can say it. That you feel like they just they they don't understand what what you're bringing with the stress you're carrying, the weight you're holding on to, the stuff you're getting done, and without that pat on the back, like it it can be hard because all of us want that. We want to know that we're making a difference in our family's lives. Oh, definitely. And I think that you know, for me, as our relationship got longer, like as we've put more time into this relationship, it almost seems like with time, there's less of a need to really communicate like the, Hey, thank yous, you know, like all of a sudden something that 10 years I would have been like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Now I'm just kind of like, yeah, he always does it. So whatever, like it's not a thing because I'm just so used to it being there. I'm just Mm. so, it's just so normal for it to have occurred that I'm like, eh, yeah, thanks. Mm. And I don't really take it for how amazing it is. Like the fact that you bring me coffee in bed every morning, for instance, I mean, I say thank you. It's not like I'm like, "Mm, go away, but you know, it's a really big thing. I don't think that every woman in this world gets her husband to bring her coffee every single morning. And it is a big deal. And, you know, because you've done it for so many years for me, I'm just kind of not even aware of what it really means to me until I'm consciously thinking about it in a conversation such as this. Yeah, there's power with that too. I mean, a lot of power. I hope y'all are taking that in because it's a slippery slope when you're just expecting that things will happen. Because like you said, like that's happening and it's just like, well, that's just the expectation. Like that's just, that's just what he does, you know, or that's just what she does. Oh yeah. You know, that's what they do. And then you're, it's almost like you're discounting it. And I know we don't mean to because it's pattern, it's routine. Just be careful that you're not discounting your partner because that's the number one thing that'll make them feel like they're unappreciated, that they're unseen, that they're unheard. And having this feeling like we're talking about as a whole, because you're doing all of these things. And then you're expecting all these things. And so like the more that you do, the more that's expected of you and the more that's being taken for granted along the way, because over time it just becomes like, okay, well, what have you done for me lately type attitude? And that's not the attitude that you want to have in your relationship. Oh gosh, no. And another thing that I was just thinking through is especially if you have a partner like mine who is very, very heavy on the um, words of affirmation for the love languages, I think that even plays a deeper role and means it's more important in those cases than it would be otherwise to really verbalize, write it down, say it out loud, however you need to do it. Just show your appreciation because that's how you're filling their love tank. And if you're never doing that, then they're just feeling unloved and and underappreciated all the time. So if your spouse is like mine, doing an even more amazing job of sharing how much they mean to you and thanking them for what they do. 
Yeah. And a real easy practical step you touched on there is figuring out how your partner receives love. Figure out what would make them feel appreciated. If your partner's coming to you and saying they're feeling unseen and unheard, then ask the question, what would make you, not in a negative way, what would make you feel more seen and heard? What are some things I could do to make you feel more appreciated? Because I really want to do that. I hear what you're saying. I'm receiving that. Now show me how to do that. And then actually listen and then actually do it. Because Meg could buy me gifts all day long and say, you're the best husband ever. Here's a new gift. Here's a new shirt. And I don't care. I don't care. Like that is not going to ever do anything for me. You're not feeling appreciated. I'm never going to feel more appreciated. I'm never going to feel more loved. It's never going to tap into what I'm really talking about. And that's exactly what you just said. And you're right because you have to understand how your partner is actually receiving the information you're giving them. Because you could try to be communicating in the wrong way a lot and it's not going to serve either one of you. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to end this episode because I just, there's so many things you could just take away from that. But if nothing else, really understanding where your partner's coming from, ask them, love them. If you feel like maybe they're not loved enough, because if you feel like maybe you're not loving them well enough, really getting to the root of that and love them better. Yeah. And thank you all as always for listening. If if these things resonated with you, if this message resonated with you, go ahead and hit us up on social media. Let us know what which one fits your relationship the best. And as always, we're here. If you need us, you can DM us over at the Fools in Love podcast, or you can email us at hello at the Fools in Love, and we'd be glad to chat with you. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.